Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast, the podcast for people who care about coffee. I am your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me tonight, my co-host as always, the second most Googled co-host of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast, Brian Sheely. <laughs> Among Google? That's awesome. See now, but there have been three hosts, so you don't you don't even know you don't even know Man. what I I mean you're in the middle. I'm I'm right in the middle. But you don't know who's ahead of you. <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited. Um, do you know why I'm so excited? Um, because you uh, found a dollar? Uh, no, false. Um, okay. Because of the absolute sheer scale of the amazing guests that we've had on this show recently. Yeah, scale, um, you say? I think it's going to make it ridiculously hard to recalibrate back to when we just have episodes with the two of us. I, I can see that. <laughs> so really excited for our guest today. Uh, she puts the gram in Instagram. She is the heavyweight social media wizard and global marketing event and barista sponsorship manager, the social media guru for the popular scale manufacturer, Akaya, Miss Jen Chen. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was quite an intro. <laughs> I was going to say, I was a little taken aback by the, the, the length of that intro. <laughs> I'm so excited, seriously, though, for, for letting us tear you away from your busy schedule. I am Thanks for being with us. Really bad at uh, on-demand puns, so scale you puns. guys are going to win on this. <laughs> Hashtag scale puns. That's okay. He's <laughs> he's been going over this like that's the reason why he hasn't been talking with me. He's just been rehearsing this for the past couple of days over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, we've been looking forward to this episode for quite a while, just because uh, Brian and I both have a pretty substantial connection with social media especially as it relates to coffee. And so we really wanted to get uh, somebody who actually knew what they were talking about as it related to social media and, and the professional side of it. Um, mm -hmm. So Jen's definitely providing uh, an aspect of that that we don't normally think about. So thanks for being on, on the show with us. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about social media. And whatever else you want to talk about, too. You, yeah. you're, uh, Donuts. you're active in a lot of other things besides just social media, which we'll get into. I'm at a disadvantage here because you guys have hung out, and when Jen was in Cincinnati, I I completely didn't respond to her about trying to connect to get coffee yeah, and donuts. You, you blew me off. Uh, oh, I totally have a grudge against you now. That's I try and still tempt her with donuts, and she's just like, "GTFO, stop! <laughs> get out of here! I got my own donuts." The donut scene in San Francisco is pretty sad. I'm, I'm yeah. disappointed. That's not good. Maybe something right. new will open up. Maybe we'll, maybe maybe I'll open up a donut shop in San Francisco. Are they all like gluten free, free range donuts? No, I think donuts are so off trend now for San Francisco. Oh, uh, they've moved on to other. What about things. toast? Do you guys have gourmet toast? There is a lot of toast here, but that is also like four years old. That is just now <laughs> happening here in Dallas. Yeah, there. I, I've seen some some places uh, coming coming up with that. That whole gourmet toast thing. So welcome to the I Toast My Own Toast podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we'll turn it to you first, Jen, if you don't mind. We usually start the segment with uh, what you've been toasting. So <laughs> Sure. If, uh, <laughs> what kind of toast have you been making? And if, you've, if you have coffee alongside that, too, you can uh, talk about what you've been brewing also. Uh, well, I actually try not to make my own toast at home because I don't think I can. I don't have the patience to put together an Instagram-worthy post on sure. toast of toast 
Yeah. Posts about toast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. for coffee, uh, I am going to mispronounce this. Uh, Roaster's Greenway Coffee. And uh, the coffee itself is Kigwandi. K-I-G-W-I-A-N-D-I. Uh, from... It must be a Kenyan. It is. Yeah. And I'm also going to mispronounce this. Uh, Newary region. Am I cool. saying this correctly? I think it's a Neary. Neary. Right? Okay. I have no idea. Well, it's that coffee. Uh, uh, there, like 60% of coffee drinkers just turned off the podcast. Like, <laughs> you know what? That's a little unacceptable. It's the yeah, most popular okay. region of Kenya. They don't know it. Let's just go to something else. Well, I usually <laughs> just read these and I mispronounce them all the time in my head. Right. I totally get it. I, I probably did it wrong, too. That is one of the biggest challenges that we face on this podcast is actually having to pronounce things that most people just read on a bag. Yeah, so I'm, so, I'm really excited about this coffee uh, because I don't normally enjoy Kenyans. Mm-hmm. And I have had in the last month two amazing Kenyans, both from this region. How have you been brewing it? Uh, this one has gone in... Through the Chemex and the V60 and the Bond Mac and the Clever. Wow. Nice. Get putting it through its paces. That's right. Yeah. These are all brew methods that you use at home or these like in the office or? Uh, well, technically my home is also my office. Well, there you go. <laughs> no wrong answer there. That's right. Yeah. Yes, on both accounts. <laughs> so I have a coffee cart set up uh, with a bunch of shelves above and below and uh, I usually have like two or three coffee selections at a time. And how I choose a method is by how many um, filters I have. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be yeah. a filter subscription. I I'm would be on it, you, man. I, I would, would totally do that. Subscribe and save filters. Yeah. So right now it's the V60 and Bomac filters that also happen to fit in the Clever. Some of my favorite coffees recently have been from Kenya. So... I've actually just recently started brewing the uh, Kenya AB Gathema from Steadfast Coffee. Brian, you got me. You got me hooked, man. Um, On Steadfast? Yeah, you, you. You know, you you had them as your choice a, a few episodes back, and uh, I had to go make the purchase. So they're I killing bought, it, man. I bought a bag of this AB Gathema, and it is just awesome. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, today we brewed it up in the office on the Chemex. And it was just singing. Um, there's this little restaurant here in town. It's called F&B. Um, I live in Phoenix. So it's, it's F&B. Little tiny place. They do all their own like local produce and really small uh, menu of really great food. But one of the desserts that they have on the menu is this like scratch-made butterscotch pudding. It's, that's like to die for. It's one of the best things ever. Um, and this Kenya, like right, right after you get past this grapefruit brightness in the beginning it just turns into like creamy butterscotch pudding Uh, it's really tasty really sweet uh super balanced and toward the end there's this tropical fruit acidity that kind of settles into as it cools definitely uh one of my favorite coffees recently and you know i ride the kenya train a lot so it's it's easy to to pick off a, a happy Kenya these days for me. So far, I have not actually had any of the coffees from Steadfast that I have disliked. So. No, they're 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 super solid. Yep, I'm really excited to see what they keep doing. So, how about you? This is uh, this is kind of interesting. Your choice for this episode is yeah. I am doing a Darar Allah 
natural processed Ethiopia from Presta Coffee. So we both have had this coffee last crop, and I think you and I both you you had brewed it on the dragon, and you said, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is killer." I brewed on the dragon. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, it really comes alive." Um, I've not brewed on the dragon yet this year, but I have on the Chemex, and what I enjoyed the most was the Gino Dripper. And this coffee is just awesome this year for a natural processed coffee. It's not fermenty. It's and some people may have experience with a natural processed coffee like this. Some might not, but it's really perfumed. So there's a lot of fragrance in both the aroma and just kind of as you're drinking, it's just got a really pretty quality to it. So the fruit sweetness is really nice. It's got a good acidity. Um, sometimes naturals kind of have a muted acidity or it's kind of kind of wonky. And this is just perfect. It's sexy. It's everything about it is really good. And I, in the Gino brew of it, I think as it cooled, so not only is it kind of just this luscious mixture of berry sweetness and kind of cherry limeade and stuff like that, but as it cools, it it, it was like Skittles in the mouth. So some people might be turned off by that. I apologize, <laughs> but it was just it was just a, a like a delicious candied Skittles like sweetness with kind of caramel finishing and perfumey floral qualities to it. It's it in. It's been like that with all the times I've brewed it. So it's it's really cool. I'm really glad that uh, I got a chance to get into that again this time. Yeah, Presta Presta is also doing a pretty great job these days. They're they're located down in Tucson, but yeah, they they've they've been coming out with some pretty interesting ones. Their Guatemala was one that really got me interested back when I first started brewing uh, some of their coffees. So we're talking on this episode about social media, um, and really not just social media in general mostly about social media as it relates to coffee lovers and what we all care about and how we how we interact with social media um when we talk about coffee when we you know discuss things with each other and so Jen is here to kind of educate us and talk through some things and maybe answer some questions that we have um Jen so you are what what is your role I guess with Akaya uh for Akaya I am a digital ma- uh, marketing manager and the title itself is very misleading because I do more than that. Uh, I manage the global marketing plans for Akaya. I also run all of their social, um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I plan the blog uh, for writing and photography. Um, I also work on the press kits and deal with any press releases, uh, work with reporters on stories, and I think I'm missing something here. Oh, I work on event and barista sponsorships. She also runs and picks up things for me at SCAA. So oh, yeah, that too. That's convenient yeah. <laughs> when, I can't, when I can't attend. But let's, let's back up even a little bit from that and just talk about how you got into coffee and like what, what your – background is in coffee and in what you do that's really kind of brought you to what you're doing right now. Okay. Uh, So this started back in college, I think was my first big foray into coffee. Uh, I started a coffee club at my school, Michigan State, and we ran it for two years while I was there. Um, And it basically started because a group of friends and I would meet at a local coffee shop and at some point, um, we would just start asking questions like, uh, how do you make this latte? Where did these beans come from? How do you roast? How does roast affect the taste? Uh, why, 
does this four shot mocha taste so good? And we were like, well, we can make a club out of this. <laughs> and so we created a club and um, luckily for us, uh, Michigan State's in East Lansing and Lansing is the capital. In Lansing, there's this amazing roaster called Paramount Coffee. And they're very supportive of uh, Michigan State and the general community at large. So the CEO is super nice, and he uh, took us around on a roasting facility tour. He came on the campus to do cupping sessions with us. Uh, and that's really what sparked my interest in coffee, um, to realize that there's more to this industry than you know, just sitting in a cafe and drinking coffee, like you can actually make a career out of it. Um, so that's where it all began. So what were you going to school for? Uh, so my degree is in zoology, uh, specializations in animal behavior and neurobiology. So what I've taken from my degree is the logic of zoology. Uh, so I took a lot of like organic chemistry and uh, microbiology, hard science courses, uh, that have influenced how I work and how I approach things. So part of my job for Akaya is also interpreting uh, technology and putting it into consumer-related terms. So I read like research articles on scales and lab manuals, and I will digest it down for you so you can understand it and you don't get bogged down in all the technicality. So leaving Michigan, what, where, where's kind of gotten you to where you are? Uh, so right after I graduated, I was at a crossroads of where if I wanted to go into wildlife rehab um, or into coffee. So I chose coffee for about a year or so. I moved to Chicago and I was a barista at a local coffee shop for about 10 months. And then I was like, wow, being a barista you can't really make that much money and save it to open a coffee shop, which is what I thought I wanted to do at the time. And so I was like, well, I'm going to uh, save up money by working at a corporate place and open up a coffee shop later. And so I went to Groupon, which at that time was just starting to blow up in Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was at Groupon for almost three years, and turns out I didn't really like the corporate office life and I wasn't really saving money for a coffee shop and I didn't want to open a coffee shop. But <laughs> the takeaway of all of this was that coffee was a constant in my life. And at uh, the Groupon office, um, much like Brian, what you're doing now in your own office, there mm -hmm. is a, a coffee table that I started. And we had a whole setup going. Um, people can make coffee at any time. Uh, you donated like a dollar per cup or like $10 for a month, whatever you wanted. And we had subscriptions going on. So people could try coffees whenever they wanted. Um, and it was an interesting approach because people did not like the K-cups that we had. <laughs> uh, and out of that, um, I... Let's see, I started doing coffee crawls in Chicago. I quit Groupon and started a business thinking that I could make a profit out of making coffee crawls in Chicago, which turns out you can't. <laughs> uh, but I also worked as a barista at Gaslight, uh, which my friends had opened up at around the same time. Uh, 
And then during this whole time, I was promoting myself on social media, trying to figure out what I wanted to do uh, for myself. So that's when I decided to go freelancing, uh, just work with clients on how to improve, improve their presence in the digital world. And the first day I launched my site, someone contacted me. Uh, it was coffeekind.com, and I was their marketing director for almost a year. Uh, so I helped them launch their site and took them about six months into it. And then I left to do something else. <laughs> That's interesting. It's, I mean, that that is the what you said earlier. You said that coffee's always been kind of at the core of that. But yeah, I see that here with, so you started the coffee club, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit for it. You had the coffee table at that one job. You had doing, you were doing coffee crawls yep. and you moved to freelance. Why do you think that it's, you're always drawn to these, uh, these instances that are, are wrapped around the social um, aspect? Uh, personally for me, it's making the connections in the digital world that helps relationships in person. Uh, so a lot of my friendships exist in the digital world and sometimes I meet people in person sometimes I don't yet mm-hmm. like one of you yeah. <laughs> only one of us <laughs> <laughs> no but, I mean that's totally true like the day that we met up at crepe bar here in town mm-hmm. I don't feel like we had any sort of backstory that we needed to talk about or go through or anything like like we we kind of already knew what each other was up to right and then that meet that first time we met it's like Oh yeah, let's just carry on and and I feel like too, I could be wrong, but I'd like to get your all's opinion on this. For some reason, I've been in a lot of different hobbies and for some reason I feel like the coffee industry, everyone's really responsive in the digital world like on any form of social media, there's a really it seems really close connection between the companies and the people who, you know, would be buying and would be supporting. Like do you get that too? Like maybe more so than other hobbies or other industries or other lines that coffee just is is a tighter, uh, more knit at all? Uh, I think the coffee community at large is very tight-knit on social. Uh, for business to customer, uh, I think it's just an extension of their general uh, atmosphere. So like a cafe is meant to be social and social media is social. So... It's really just an extension of the atmosphere that they create in the cafe. Uh, I think it's the same for like restaurants. Like coffee is so universal that people are able to talk about it anywhere. Well, let's go ahead. Let's start listing some of these places that that we'll kind of dive even further into in regards to social outlets. Let's just kind of maybe list or describe a little bit about some of these outlets that are kind of big, kind of popular right now. It's kind of going back to basics in regards to social media, <laughs> and kind of explain some of these. Uh, sure. Um, for Facebook, uh, that was probably like the beginning of all the social medias. Uh, people used to promote their business on Facebook, and uh, Facebook has now turned into an ad machine, uh, which I can get really angry about and talk about and rant if you want me to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Uh, Instagram is a new darling of social media, even though it's owned by Facebook now. Uh, They haven't really messed a ton with the algorithm, so I think consumers like it a lot because you're able to follow anyone and still see everything in your feed. Uh, Very visual, and that works very well for coffee. 
uh, Twitter is good for news and for connecting people around the world on certain topics and just to ask random questions. Uh, you can get really in-depth conversations or you can get into Twitter rants. Depends on who you are as a person. Uh, Tumblr, I have tried to get into, but I can't. Uh, it, I Tumblr feel like... is frightening to me. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, guess, I guess any blog, you could probably see this as any blog too, yeah. but Tumblr is its own kind of weird social thing. There's a world there that I don't quite understand, kind of like Snapchat. Uh, and then Periscope is really new for live streaming. Um, I would love to try out some of those features for Akaya soon. Uh, we have a San Francisco office now, so once we get some more equipment in, I think we'll be periscoping a bunch more. And then Pinterest, which I don't think companies really use that much for coffee, uh, is really good for driving online sales because it's, it's just another bookmarking tool, but very visual. And if you are able to operate in a, a consistent way, then you can definitely see lots of sales coming from that. I was on Pinterest for a long time. I was really addicted. Me and my wife were both really, really addicted to it. We would just, you know, we were just up the whole time building boards, showing each other boards. Yeah. I'd repin something from her board. And, um, man, I, I'm kind of glad I got out of that <laughs> in my addiction to that. But at the same time, I love the organization and I, 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 parts of me, I think I still have one after I deleted my first one, but it's just not the same. I might want to get back to it though sometime. Pinterest yeah. is my wife's social media network and uh, Instagram is mine. She's, she actually does not have a um, – she doesn't have an Instagram account mm -hmm. um, and I don't believe I have a Pinterest account. So we're kind of – those are our, our babies. Like we're fairly mutually exclusive when it comes to the <laughs> social, social networks that we, that we use more regularly. Nice. Um, so yeah, well, I mean really the question I, I continue to ask, maybe this is like the super basic question – why do we even why do we even get into social media at all? I mean, like why would why would somebody even feel the need to uh especially when discussing coffee or talking about products or whatever, like why do why do we even need to go out and and discuss this publicly in these ways? Uh so I think it's human nature to want to connect to someone and share what what you're doing with the world. Uh, that's that's really like the core of Facebook right there, yeah. uh, sharing your life to everyone else. A lot of people seem to view that as somewhat narcissistic, like, you know, oh, he's taking a picture of his food or, oh, he's shooting a photo of his coffee or whatever. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've i always sort of viewed it as like, you know, you, if, if somebody was there with you at the time, like you would be talking to them about it or you'd be discussing it with them or whatever – so there's not really a whole big difference to just sharing it with a group of people that, you know, exist in some digital fashion as well. Yeah, exactly. And you make friends from all over the world just from a single photo. I, I think that's probably the most intriguing part of social. Like you wouldn't have met these people if it wasn't for you sharing that photo. Well, and even an extension of that too is is not just meeting people and developing those relationships, but... Um, you know, we've been talking on some previous episodes here of the show about sort of beginning people who are beginning in coffee or people who are, might be enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've when you're talking about getting advice or looking for information, it was sort of, you know, in your story, it was really interesting about how 
you know, you had the CEO of this coffee company come in and like show you the ropes and give you an ex- explanation of what they do. And, you know, that can happen, you know, via social media. Now it, you get this education, you can have questions answered. You can see into the inner workings of, of coffee and how it, how it functions and without mm-hmm. having to have these direct relationships with, with people and individuals uh, personally, which I find to be incredibly interesting. Yeah. And you can discover things too. Like maybe someone wasn't into coffee all that much until they started following you. Yeah. I think it's a great source for inspiration. You know, some, sometimes you don't necessarily have a like-minded group directly surrounding you to kind of feed off of or um, draw energy from. Mm -hmm. So if you've curated kind of a, a group of people online that you trust and that you are you're interested in what they have to say or visually they're uh, pleasing to the eye, then sometimes those things they'll drive you to, you know, try this thing out or to inspire you to push boundaries in whatever way that might be. So what about brands? Um, I guess, you know, we as individuals, we sort of use social media in order to connect with people mm-hmm. um, and get to know people and, and learn learn things and be inspired. What about brands? Like why why does a brand approach social media and use it in the way that they do. You kind of talk about coffee shops as it being maybe an extension of their social interactions mm-hmm. that they have with people, but is like, is there an agenda or is there something that the <laughs> brands are actually using? Um, I'm asking the person who does this professionally. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it depends on the brand uh, for some, like a brick and mortar cafe uh, it's to reach existing customers and then define customers who don't know about them yet. Uh, you want to get them to come into the cafe. So their end goal is more customers and more um, brand exposure. Uh, if it's an online company, that's a totally different approach. You want to drive sales. Uh, if it's a product company, you want sales. Maybe you want to build community around the product. Uh, so... If you're a brand on social, it you have to define goals on how you want to use social. And as you've probably seen already, everyone does it a little differently. Yeah, is that, there seems to be so such vastly different approaches to how different companies will use social media. I mean, some, some companies, at least let's just talk Instagram for a little bit here since that's what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm primarily most familiar with. I mean, I, I interact with a lot of brands um, through social media in, in very strange ways. And, you know, not every one of them behaves the same. Not every one of them, you know, is as responsive as another, like you can tell there's a difference in how some companies actually appreciate their, you know, reach, I guess, or how they appreciate their public persona. Mm -hmm. Um, like if you had to give maybe just a a recommendation, like you guys with Akaya are, are, exceptionally good at uh, what you guys do. There's there's a whole lot of other um, brands out there on social media, especially Instagram, that, that also do very well at like curating mm-hmm. what they actually post and being very controlled and thoughtful about how they interact with, with people in their community. Um, like if you had recommendations, if somebody maybe is a person potentially in your shoes in some company, like mm-hmm. what, what would you tell them that they might need to actually... Uh, think about in terms of relating to people online? 
Okay, so the first step would be to figure out which network you want to be on. And usually I just recommend two or three to start. Uh, you don't want to be focused on too many things at the same time. Uh, and then once you have those two or three networks going, you just add in more uh, if you're interested. And then define goals. So uh, Instagram would maybe you want to share customer stories and fun staff events and uh, what's happening inside your cafe. Uh, maybe on, Insta on Twitter, you want to approach it more of a customer service way so you can share news stories, uh, you can answer customer questions. Um, it's, it's more of like an instant uh, customer service response more than what Instagram is. So when you do all that and figure out what your goals are for the network, then you decide how you want to post and when you want to post. And once you do that, you need to be consistent. Um, that's probably the biggest fail of a lot of brands. It's you post once a week or you post a bunch in one day and then you ignore it for several weeks. That's kind of how we've, <laughs> we've approached the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast uh, Instagram feed <laughs> for a time. Like we, we log it because Instagram is terrible about, about letting you actually switch accounts. Yep. So we, we kind of monitor the account from our own personal accounts for the most part. But it, it sits there and whenever, whenever we log in to post something, then that's when we go through and, and start commenting on people's responses or whatever yeah. from that account. It's, it's a little challenging. I mean, there's some technical issues to get over with, with right. that. Yeah. Uh, well, I use a number of apps to help me with that. Like what? <laughs> uh, on iOS, it's called primary uh, for that you can switch between accounts and manage comments uh, only for comments left on your photos. Uh, so people get, like, they leave angry comments and reviews for this app, which I think is dumb. Uh, so the Instagram API does not allow you to access comments when people um, at mention you in Instagram from a different photo. So if they don't allow you to do that, then no third-party app is going to be able to do that for you. Right. You have to be in Instagram to do that. Uh, they also don't allow you to post from a third-party app. So for that, I use Latergram, uh, which is free and should work on iOS and Android. Um, and it also has a desktop version. Um, basically, you just load photos in and it will prompt you whenever you want to have it posted and you have to open the Instagram account that you want to post from, copy in the caption and it'll post. So that's a good way if you're planning ahead. Uh, and then I pay for Sprout Social to manage my comments, but I manage three accounts. So that one's worth it for me. Primarily. You're blowing my mind here. This is this is awesome information. I'm like way. over here on my phone, like download this, <laughs> download this. This is great. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think you know when you talk about consistency, though, mm -hmm. for me, I, I think that's what has gotten me to realize it's less about what you post and more about like how consistently you are when yeah. you post or or the frequency at which you post. Right. 
um, or the look and feel that you have in your, your photos, at least specifically for Instagram. Yes. Um, it, it feels like, you know, you go to a lot of shops, uh, feeds or a lot of roasters feeds or whatever, and you'll see very, you know, really similar look and feel across everything. A very, in a lot of cases, you know, fairly like monotone and a lot of, uh, consistency between the things that they post. And I feel like those are the more visually appealing ones and the ones that people end up wanting to, uh, to follow more frequently. Right. Um, exactly. It's like the curation of your feed. What, what are some of the big challenges that you see, uh, people facing on social media, um, as it relates to coffee, whether, whether they're a brand or whether they're a person? Sure. Uh, so I think sometimes people forget that, there are people behind the networks who are responding as the brand. Uh, when you put someone behind a computer, they can sometimes grow a personality, personality that is more aggressive than I think their in-person would be. Uh, so you sometimes see complaints or accusations or things like that, uh, just talking about the brand but not realizing that someone else is listening in on the conversation and then they get surprised when the brands uh, respond to complaints. Um, But it's, I see people uh, representing themselves in a way that is not positive. So they are rude and uh, criticizing of other people or brands and maybe that's how they want to present themselves. It's a weird sensation when you meet someone in person after you've been following them in the digital world or vice versa and they don't match. Mm-hmm. Like their personalities do not make sense. Their in-person and their online are completely different. Uh, I think that's probably the wrong approach for social. So if you're a really rude person in person, maybe you should work on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess there's the whole built into the whole social media thing is the social piece of it, like really just depends on you as a person and and as a member of society in general. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like my mom, my mom used to say, you know, growing up, and I'm sure a lot of people's parents used to say, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Yeah. Um, but and I feel like that kind of applies to social media. Although there is a it, it feels like there is a time and a place for constructive criticism yes but whether whenever that's actually being done in a public forum it feels like less less productive maybe and uh like it's actually not gonna help anyone i don't know i like go read someone's youtube comments or you know there's just the the vile kinds of things that people say on youtube comments but mm-hmm. uh you know it, it feels like trying to be positive and that's one of the things i appreciate about instagram in general the majority of people are, are fairly positive. They're fairly supportive. And especially with the coffee community, um, people are nice to each other, maybe, is is a, is a phrase. But like you say, I mean, and I can't imagine dealing with this from a brand's perspective. Like when somebody has a complaint and they express that and however they want to, that's got to be kind of frustrating to have to deal with. Most of the time, people are nice. Really rarely do we get complaints. Uh, so when people talk about a brand with a complaint uh, best example here would be an airline uh, they usually want an instant reaction 
or something out of the brand to show that they're listening. So if you are tweeting at an airline because your baggage got lost, which I think many people do, you want the airline to respond with, I'm so sorry, let me see how I can help you. Because you've already, like maybe you've already called and you weren't satisfied with that service and you're thinking that the Twitter response would be better because their brand personality seems to be better. Usually when you're posting something negative, you want something out of it. I, uh, I, I posted a tweet a couple of weeks back, I guess, about um, an error that my, that my Bonavita kettle yeah. displays. I saw that. Uh, just regularly, all the time. It, like, it would always pop up this little message that said, hi, error, and it would shut off and stop. You know, and I got some interactions between people who, oh, yeah, I have this same problem or I don't know what to do about it either. And, you know, and then and then Bonavita like directly contacts me and says, hey, you know, let us know through our through our website and we'll submit a, a warranty claim for you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I went through their process and I didn't even realize that that was a problem that they would do like warranty service for. And uh, yeah, they just, you know, totally got me all set up and mm-hmm. and fulfilled their warranty as, as a company is responsible for doing. And mm-hmm. I got a new kettle this nice. week and, and it's working great. Not that I necessarily had an intention of, of being like super negative about it. I just, at my level, I didn't even realize that, that it was a common problem that, that lots and lots of people had. So I'm maybe not being super crass and, you know, less than tactful about things is probably a, a way to get more responsive and helpful service. Yeah. And the rule I usually say is everything you post is public, even if it's set to private. So I also think a challenge that exists with social media is misusing them or maybe and not necessarily misusing them like we already mentioned before with brands, but as an individual. So what I'm getting at is with Instagram, I I used to have my Tumblr, which I even probably was using that wrong, right? I'm, I was using Tumblr specifically as a blog to post text information. And um, when really there's this whole back end of what Tumblr is, but I kind of stopped that. And so now I do a lot more stuff that is on Instagram or do a lot more posting that is on Twitter. And on Instagram specifically, I know there's a community that kind of is behind uh, looking at posts this way too. But I feel like the general premise of Instagram is quick and photo driven and then, you know, that's it. But there are also a lot of posts and I try to make them too where I'll have a, a photo and a lot of text after. Whether that be telling my story of a relationship with a particular company or telling a story of being in this one shop or the backstory of a certain person or how this relationship came to be or anything like that. And sometimes I wonder if I'm doing that incorrectly, if I'm on the wrong platform. So, um, you know, I, sometimes I feel like I half-ass Instagram because I should be like on a, dedicating that to a website if I'm doing that same sort of um, talk. So is is there truth to that? You know, like there's specific uses that you should be using for certain social medias that that it can be a challenge. I think you as a as an individual can do whatever you want on whatever social network you want. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we have control of our own destiny. <laughs> yeah, you have control over your own posts and what you want to post. <laughs> However, there are sometimes better uses of, uh, of social. For example, on Facebook, 
you are not going to post five posts in a row, five minutes apart, about something that's happening real time, like a football game, per se. Mm-hmm. Although, maybe that's a bad example because Facebook's changing how they approach sports. So let's say it's like this random TV show that you watched on Netflix and you are giving like a play-by-play of what's happening and they're all separate status posts on Facebook. You probably have a friend like that, actually, who does this. Yeah, that's why I stopped (laughs) using Facebook, by the way. (laughs) My Uh, grandma does that. Right. So that would be an awkward way of using social network. Uh, that would be a better approach for Twitter. Uh, so what you're saying on Instagram for like writing long form posts, I don't know if that's, that's what you want to do, then I would say go ahead and do it. If people are reading it and that's how you want to approach Instagram, then put it out there like that. If you want it to be more searchable and you want to track visitors and interactions, then put it on a website. We had talked on a bunch of episodes previous to this about balance, Um, you know, and I think finding balance with social media, especially for coffee enthusiasts, sometimes you just let social media, you know, engage you to the point where you don't focus on anything else. How is that as a brand? How is that as somebody who manages both a personal account and a brand? I mean, do you ever disconnect from from your phone or from your computer? (laughs) Yes, Uh, I have to. Otherwise, I will go nuts. Uh, So when I go on vacation, I tell my clients that I'm going on vacation and we will set up posts ahead of time. Someone else will post and someone else will manage those posts. Uh, I might post from my personal account because I think that's that's a separate thing. I uh, turn off my notifications for all of the things I subscribe to including my personal. So that way I don't feel tempted to check on what's happening. If I do find myself on Twitter, it's because I want it to be on Twitter, not because I'm managing a message. You know, when we talk about what challenges exist when you're actually using using social media, I feel like that should have been our first point just because it's so it's so challenging to disconnect yourself sometimes when you're so used to checking periodically. People are going to have Uh, pull to refresh disease at some point where they're just continually hitting the refresh button on their phones. I, I do the same thing with, uh, with work too. I do their social stuff. And so I had to make a point that generally in the evenings or on weekends, I don't, I don't check that. If I do, it's a specific time I'm going in because I want to, let's say on the weekend, maybe get a mid like on a Saturday to respond to some things and then kind of move forward. Um, and, and that's, it is tricky though because when I do come home, I'll be bouncing between a lot of things, and I'm I'm still kind of I'm oh I'm still I'm wor- it's something for work it's something for work and at some point in time you kind of have to set a boundary of when does that work day end, and you know when does you, know, you kind of move forward but social media is always on yeah that's the tricky thing it's it's always there in whatever form that you're on you know it's always going to be there you've got to make the choice to kind of bring it back to to real life yeah and understanding your boundaries is important too uh so i don't have a problem usually of responding to posts if it's an urgent question at 11 p.m at night or right when i wake up uh but that's my choice that like for a personal uh 
comment, I might not respond for 12 hours or 18 hours because I'm usually in someone else's account, not my own. Uh, and I'm okay with that because I don't think I need to respond immediately uh, for my personal things. I think I need to respond immediately as a brand. Well, we, we certainly could sit here all day long and talk <laughs> about social media, um, which is something that Jen does all the time, um, which is why we had her on the show. And we really appreciate you for being here. And you've actually got coming up this uh, 2016 SCAA, you're going to be doing a lecture about social media marketing, correct? Yeah, I am super excited about this. Uh, so I'm co-lecturing with Emily McIntyre, co-owner of Catalyst Coffee Consulting, and we are doing a part lecture, part workshop, and it's going to be called, uh, at least right now, social Successful Social Media Marketing Strategy Audit Plan and Execute for Your Coffee Company. That'd be good for anyone who's listening to this, if they are in the business and they're interested in more of that, you know, back inside of this and put that lecture on your calendar as one to check out. Yeah, we're going to try and periscope it uh, if they'll let us. Awesome. So kind of differently than before, we're going to assume that if you're interacting with us on social media, that you're on social media. I know it's an odd concept, but we're just going to take a stab in the dark and assume that. So whether you're a business, a roaster, or a shop, um, what do you see as the benefits of social media when it comes to coffee enthusiasts or the people that you interact with? And what are the drawbacks? Do you feel the struggle of what to post, what to say, and if what you're saying is too much or too little? I would love to hear you guys talk back with us. We use hashtag IBMOC talk. That's our tech, uh, talk back on both Twitter and on Instagram to kind of interact with one another so we can see whether we're on our private channels or not, uh, what everyone's talking about in regards to this topic. If you want to find Jen on social media, you can find her at the Jin Chin on both Instagram and Twitter, as well as jinchin.com. Thanks a lot, Jen, for being with us. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'll see you guys on social. Awesome. And speak, speaking of social, we are on Instagram at iBrewMyOwnCoffee. We're on Twitter at BrewMyOwnCoffee. You can send us an email or get in touch with us through our website at iBrewMyOwnCoffee.com. If you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, uh, go ahead and head on over there and give us a review. And uh, we'd love to hear what comments you might have about the show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, until next time, happy brewing. See you guys. Bye.